Welcome to Love You Most. I'm in such a great mood because I get to hang out with you guys and I feel like anytime I get to just like, I don't know, chat with you guys, it makes me so happy. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And this episode is all about things I wish I knew in my 20s. Now I know I've done this episode before, but I feel like there are constantly things that come up that I think about that I wish I could have known when I was in my 20s or at least listened to. And I feel like so many of you love just like hearing not only like stories of like how I've learned about myself and like learned to love myself and grow in my 20s, but also I feel like you just really enjoy like hearing, I don't know, my chats about my 20s. So let me know if you guys enjoy these little chats. I feel like you guys like my little 20s chats a lot. And I feel like I also like to hear my friends' stories and like things that they've learned in their 20s or just like years past that are now in their 30s. I'm 31. So like I'm still, you know, fairly early to my 30s, but there's just a lot of things that I wish I could have known when I was in my 20s. So we're going to go through that, but we're also going to go into our little book segment. I've read so many books this month. It's literally wild. I've read 19 books so far, I think, this month, and only two of those were tandem read with an audiobook. And yeah, I just am really excited to share like some of the books that I've read and like what I'm enjoying. And we're also going to go through the little Q&A segment as well. You guys asked some really good questions. So the first thing I wish I knew in my 20s was to quit the job that you hate. Like quit that job. I am going to say this a million and one times. I wish I could scream it from the rooftops. Quit the job. If you hate it, quit it. You literally have a million other options. And yes, maybe it seems like this is the only one that's available to you, but I promise you, like a job will be there for you when the time is right. And I do think that I don't know, it's hard and scary to like let go of something that you feel like is what you're supposed to do or to let go of something that you feel like is the only option that you have. But I don't know, I feel like sometimes this is just goes with anything, jobs, relationships, people that are in our lives. I feel like when we finally decide to let go of those things that are like holding us back or just things that we really know that we should let go of, that we just are like scared to let go of. I feel like when we finally make that decision to do it, that's when like doors just suddenly open up and I don't know what it is. It's like something is blocking us from receiving like that next step. And I feel like a lot of it is ourselves because we're not like willing to take the risk to try something new. And I'm not saying that you know, you should just automatically quit a job and just like have a no job. Cause I mean, in this economy, like absolutely not. But I will say that when you are so tied to something that you don't enjoy, I feel like it really changes who you are. And I think back to my job that I had a few years ago and it wasn't my job that I like recently had right before being an influencer, but it was the job before that literally hated that job absolutely hated it. I can't tell you how miserable I was. And it wasn't even the work, like the work was fine. But I feel like 
the people that you have as a boss or coworkers can really make or break your work experience because you see those people more than you see friends and family sometimes because you're there like 40 hours a week. And that's if you're not like working extra hours on the weekend or in the evenings. And it's so important to make sure you're at a job that you, if you don't love it, you at least enjoy it. And I'm not saying that like every job has to be your passion. Like don't get, get, get that twisted because I do think that sometimes we as humans try to monetize everything and we try to take our hobbies and turn those into like a career. And that can sometimes suck the life out of things that we love. But I do think that if you're going to be somewhere for 40 hours a week, you should at least enjoy the experience for like, I don't know, 90% of the time that you're there. And I think back to my previous job before being an influencer, and I loved it so much. I was working with families who had neurodivergent children and they just like need someone to help find staff for them. And it was such a great experience because I was doing something that I loved with families that I also really cared about. And I also was working with coworkers and had a boss that were absolutely incredible. So the whole overall experience was great, but the job before that, that I didn't like, just like absolutely crushed my confidence in myself. And I know that I don't know, the people we're around really like play a part into who we become in the future. And I think that if you're around people like in a relationship for 40 hours out of the week, like a boyfriend or a parent, and they're treating you badly, like imagine, like, I mean, I don't even think we spend that much time with like our partners or with like our family members or people we love. So like imagine any abusive relationship of any kind and Think about how little that those people probably spend together because they do have to go to work or they do have to like take their kids to school or, you know, they do have to go to class or whatever they have to do. But in a work setting, you are there so much and you are there all the time and you're constantly in contact with them. And I feel like it can almost be just as detrimental as having a like personal relationship that's abusive at work. And I think it's more commonplace because we feel like, I don't know, we just need to like deal with it or get over with, get over with, get over it because it's a job. But like, I'm here to tell you, if you hate your job, you do not have to deal with that. You deserve better. You deserve to have a boss that's going to treat you with respect. You deserve to have coworkers that you actually enjoy being around. You deserve to have a workspace that is like something you're excited to go to 40 hours out of the week or however many hours you're doing it, you deserve to love your job or at least enjoy it. And like, that's a bare minimum. So I know that that's like a, a long roundabout way of saying like, quit the job you hate, but quit the job you hate. And the next thing I wish I knew in my twenties is that you have to learn how to build into the relationship you have with yourself because it's the only one you'll have forever. And I say this because even if you're with a partner or you have like a best friend or a family member you're close with, like you are not going to die with them. Like it is very rare that people have those notebook type, like, you know, I don't know, moments where two people pass away at the same time. That's just like extremely rare. And there have been couples who have like passed away, like at similar times, like one will pass away and then a couple weeks later, someone else will. But like, you will die by yourself. Like, and that's just probably going to happen like nine times out of 10. And I think so often we put so much energy into relationships outside of ourselves and around us. And 
we just like forget about the relationship we have with ourselves. So I wish I could go back and tell myself that you really need to build into that relationship because it is one of the most important relationships that you will ever have. And another thing I wish I knew in my 20s is that you're not perfect. So stop expecting perfection from other people. And I wish I could go back and tell myself this because I do think that it's easy to be harsh on the people around you and expect like the people around you not to make any mistakes because I mean, we're human. And so like, obviously we make mistakes and we want to be forgiven for them, but like, it's, I don't know, just we need to give the same grace to other people. And I'm not saying that if someone's making a mistake that you need to constantly keep forgiving them, but if someone's made a mistake around you or maybe you've seen them say something that doesn't seem other character or something that you don't really agree with, like that's normal. Like humans are humans and we will not always say the right thing, do the right thing, be the right person. And that's totally okay. Um, and I think that I wish I could go back and tell myself that because there were many times when I did, you know, hang around people or be friends with people I do think I should have let go. But I also think there were many times that I didn't give people enough grace for making mistakes that they wholeheartedly apologized for. And I just couldn't like let go of because I was expecting perfection from them. And I don't even expect perfection from myself, or at least I try, I try to like strive for perfection, but it's like literally impossible. So, and I know that because like I'm human and you just can't be like perfect in any way. So I wish I could go back and tell myself that I need to stop expecting perfection from other people because I'm also not perfect. Another thing I wish I knew in my 20s is that you need to learn to love the unique things about you. Now, there's a lot of unique, quirky things about me. Like at the time in my 20s, I was a big reader and I feel like it's super celebrated now. But when I was younger, I feel like people would be like, oh, like you're a reader, like weird. Like, you know, if I, I used to play like games, I still kind of do like cozy games like um, Nancy Drew on the computer or like Sims. I haven't played that one in a while, but like Roller Coaster Tycoon, throwback games are fun. And a lot of people play cozy games. And, you know, back then I feel like people were like, ooh, like weird. And even still, like there's still so much of a stigma around things that people consider weird or quote unquote weird. Cause really there is no weird. Because if there's a weird, then that means that there has to be like a a baseline for what's like normal and who like decides what normal is, you know? So I wish I could go back and tell myself that I need to celebrate all of my hobbies, celebrate that I have an afro and curly curls. And even though no one around me has hair like that, I need to celebrate it because it's something unique about me. And what makes me unique is what makes me beautiful because it makes me different and it stands me out from everyone else. And just like I'm unique in so many ways, you also are too. And I think it's easy for us to want to put down the things that are unique about us because we want to blend in or like, I don't know, feel like more accepted with the people around us. And it almost feels like to be accepted, we have to be more like them. But I think when we learn to like love ourselves more, we actually learn that the more we accept ourselves and the things that are I don't know, different and unique. I feel like it helps us to build better relationships and friendships because we're being our authentic selves versus trying to like be an exact replica of the people around us. Another thing I wish I knew in my 20s is that what you say about other people is more of a reflection of you than the person you're talking about. And 
I feel like in my 20s, I was, especially early 20s, I was a big, like, I don't know. I don't want to say repeater, but like kind of, I don't even know what the word is, but like I would just regurgitate what other people would say. So like if someone else didn't like someone that I was friends with, if, if one of my friends didn't like someone else, not someone I was friends with, like just like a random person, if they didn't like them, like I would be like, yep, you know what? I feel the same way. And I just would kind of like put a stamp of approval on top of everything that like everyone around me said, because I didn't want to have my own opinions. And I think a large part of that is because Again, I was scared of like standing out too much and like people not liking me. And I think that a lot of that can lead into you wanting to say things that are not actually true or how you feel. Or if you do feel those ways, like maybe that if someone's saying something negative about someone and you feel the same way, I think sometimes we have to analyze our own heart and think like, why are we feeling this way about this person? Because there, like I said, there is no like, weird or normal and there is no like I don't know like I feel like it's easy for us to paint other people as the villain when in reality like they are the hero of their own story because they only know like the reason why they do certain things and I feel like everyone has I don't know their own reason for why they like navigate the world and like what has brought them to where they are and like the hard things that they've been through that have made them think and feel the way that they do and so I think that like it's easy for us not to give other people grace when we don't know their story and it's easy for us to judge them on the outside. And I feel like I did that a lot when I was younger because I don't know, it's just like, I don't want to say it's human nature because it's really not. But I think in society, if you're not a certain way, it's easy to like look at someone as being like not... I don't know, someone you shouldn't like celebrate. So I wish I could go back and just be like, Shaughnessy, literally stop talking about literally anyone. Like, don't talk about anyone. Don't say anything about anything unless it's something that is like building someone up. Because yes, you might like feel like what you're saying and contributing to a conversation is just like harmless, but it's really not. And words do play like such a huge part in how other people feel and how like, I don't know, the people in your friend group feel about you, whether you know it or not. And I just wish I could go back and tell myself that what I'm saying about other people really is saying more about me. It's saying how insecure I am and how liked I want to be and how I'm unable to like make my own opinion about things because I'm scared that people will you know, talk badly about me if I'm not saying something about this other person or this other group, or I don't know. I just think things like that can easily be just like a habit. If you're around lots of friends who just regularly talk about people. Another thing I wish I knew in my twenties was that you don't have to have it all figured out. Like you really don't. You really can just like navigate through life based off of like what you enjoy, what you like, what you don't like. And it's easy to think that we need to like follow a timeline or do like what our parents think that we should do or do what our professors or teachers or church members or relatives or whoever think we should do. But like you really don't. And you really don't have to know what you want to do at all at any point in life. Because I think the point of life like a large part of it. I think we always feel like as humans, the point of life is to like get to where we work towards. But I think 
especially now since I'm like achieving a lot of my goals that I've had over the last few years, I just continue to add on more goals because like, I mean, what next if you don't, you know what I mean? Like it's easy for us to think that the getting to the goal is like the final part and the best part of the journey. But I think truly the best part of the journey is like figuring it out along the way. I think the best part of like life is just figuring it out along the way. And it might feel scary now in the moment, but I feel like the more goals you reach, the more things you do that like light your soul on fire and make you feel excited about life, the more you'll realize that getting there is not like the most exciting thing. It's great. And like, it's amazing. And in the moment it's incredible, but like that feeling is fleeting. And then you go back to like the daily and I feel like the daily moments are the things that really like are the most meaningful. So like, don't think that you have to know what degree you want or know like where you want to live or know what kind of part you partner you want to be with or any of these like big things that we feel like we have to know because you really don't just like, you know, keep doing your best and working towards whatever you're working towards. And if you change your mind, that's fine. If you have a degree that you got that is doing nothing, that's fine. If you plan on going to school for this and you're halfway through college and you don't know if you want to graduate with that degree, like that's fine. You can switch. If you don't want to switch or don't have the income for it, you can drop out. Or if you want to stay in and keep the same degree and then try to do a different career later, like that's fine too. Like all of those decisions are all fine. Like they're all just fine. Like your life will not implode. I promise you, if you make a wrong decision, I think sometimes it feels like if we make the wrong decision that it's going to like alter our life into this terrible direction that we don't want it to go. But I truly think that we are where we're meant to be right now. And I think that all of our decisions lead us to where we're supposed to be because no matter where you work, like whether it's in an office, whether it's in a creative job, no matter who you marry, what city you live in, or you know, any of those things, you are still going to be you in those same scenarios. And yeah, your life will look a little bit different. But like, I just think that it doesn't, I don't know, I just think that life leads us like where we're supposed to go, no matter what decision we choose. I think it's all a right decision. There isn't really a wrong decision when it comes to like those big things like that, like school and partners and stuff like that. And even if there is a wrong decision, because I'm not saying that like bad things don't happen when you decide, but I think if there is a wrong decision, it will in turn lead you to where you're supposed to be. Like I think back to like previous partners and like previous jobs, like that old job that I hated, whenever I ended up getting the job that I loved after that one, I was so incredibly grateful for the coworkers and the boss that I had. And I took that for granted in old jobs because I didn't have a terrible boss and I didn't have a terrible like work, like relationship and like old partners that I like, you know, thought I was supposed to be with and ended up not being with. And now I'm married to the love of my life. Like I'm so grateful for that because all those things brought me to where I am and it molded me into who I'm supposed to be, which is who I am right now. So I promise you it'll all lead you to where you're supposed to go. So like, just take a deep breath, relax your shoulders. I promise like everything's going to be okay. Another thing that I wish I knew in my twenties is that when something feels wrong, you don't have to stick around to find out why. And I say this because I think about like old friendships, 
old relationships. Like there were so many things that I really was like, I need proof. Like before I let go of this friendship, let go of this partner, like I need proof as to why, like, this is like the right decision or like as to why I should like let them go. And like, you don't like you just listen to your gut and just go with that because if that person is meant to be in your life later in life, then maybe they'll come back. But like, you do not need to like have a specific reason. Like you don't owe them anything. I do think that conversations of course are good. Like if you're going to end a friendship or a relationship, like I do think that you should definitely have a conversation with them, but like you do not have to like figure out quote unquote, why you feel the way that you do or why you like want to make that decision because it's your life. And like you get to make the decisions for your life, just like they get to make the decisions for theirs. And another thing I wish I knew in my 20s is that I should stop stop pursuing people that couldn't care less if they talked to me. And that is a big thing that I wish I could go back and tell myself because I would literally run up behind so many friends or people I thought were friends because I wanted them to like me and I wanted to be around them because I thought they were cool and I would like send them these cool gifts or I would, you know, constantly text them or want to call them or want to hang out because I just felt like, I don't know, they were a good friend of mine. But then like when I stopped calling or stopped texting or stopped the gifts, like it was literal silence. And I'm not saying that people don't get busy because they definitely do. But I will say that friendship does go two ways. And so if you're constantly giving, giving, giving and pursuing after friendships or relationships, and then you stop and you literally just, it's crickets. Like you have to really evaluate, like, do those people care about you? And I do think that sometimes it goes deeper than just like not hearing from them. Cause again, people do go through things, but I feel like deep, deep down, we really know who we can trust and people who are like really there for us and in our corner. And I feel like a lot of the time we just don't want to be honest about that. So I wish I could go back and tell myself, stop pursuing those people. Like they really don't care about you. And you have so much life left to live where you can meet so many cool people. Like, why are you holding on to these people that you know you need to let go of? And the last thing that I wish I knew in my twenties that I wish I could go back and tell myself is that you are enough as you are in this moment right now. Like literally right now, you do not need anything else. You do not need to try to be a better person. You do not need to look any different. You not need to have more money, a better friend group. You don't need to move anywhere. You don't need anything else to be a better person than you are in this moment. And I think sometimes in the culture we're in, we are constantly fed like all these things that we need to fix about ourselves. Like you need to lose weight. You need to be more kind and be more loving. You need to be more gracious. You need to do this, this, and this. But I think if you were just genuinely trying your best to be the best person that you can be, especially if you're like listening into this little chat, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just get so down on themselves, myself included. And we constantly get in this cycle of like self self help where we feel like we need to just better ourselves every second of the day. And we need to constantly do the right thing and say the right thing. And that isn't really like leading anything other than leading into anything other than like perfectionism, which is literally impossible, which I think is like society's point is like, well, you know, if they want to keep trying to like better themselves, then we can constantly continue to sell books and we can constantly continue to like push for them to lose weight or be more toned or 
you know, be more traveled or be more knowledgeable or be more X, Y, and Z. And you do not need to be more. You do not need to be anything else other than you are, than what you are. You are enough. I promise you, you are enough as you are literally right now. Like not tomorrow, not when you like work out more or when you stop spending so much money or when you travel more or travel less or hang out with your friends more or call your family more or you are not going to be better than you are. You are incredible just literally right now. So I wish I could go back and tell myself like you're enough. And so I'm just telling you guys. So those are all the things that I wanted to share, but we're going to get into a couple of questions because you guys did ask some really good questions. And I feel just so grateful whenever you guys like send in questions. One of the questions that you guys asked was really interesting. And it was interesting because it was a little bit longer. And one of the questions you asked was how to love yourself when you can't ever get a relationship. And I did actually do a whole episode on how to love yourself. And I think that that episode really encompasses all that you need to learn to love yourself, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not. But it was interesting that you asked how to love yourself when you can't ever get a relationship. Not how to love yourself, period. When you're, and I feel like when you're leaning on your basis for being lovable, like being based on whether people want to be in your life or whether they also love you. I think that that is and can be one of the most harmful things because people will continue to go in and out of our life no matter what. Like you will have friends who you'll be with for years and then after 10 years, something will happen and you'll stop being friends. Or maybe you'll be married and get divorced. Or, you know, maybe you'll be in a super long-term relationship and you'll break up. And if you're basing your relationship with yourself on how much these other people love you, then that is such a shaky and rocky, like, I don't know, it's not a very stable foundation for like your love for yourself. So I think one of the best things I can say is one, listen to the episode on how to love yourself, but two, really try to like learn to love yourself outside of how people view you and how they see you because the way people see you is going to continually change because you're going to continually change as a person. So maybe like your friends will fall in love with the party girl, or maybe your boyfriend will fall in love with, you know, the reader girl, or I don't know, like you'll be so many different versions of yourself over the years. You're going to change so much. And I think you really have to try to let go of feeling like you are only lovable or not lovable based on how people see you. And the ability to get a partner or be with someone has zero value in how lovable you are, truly. Like, because every like person in the world has like a different, I don't know, they like want someone different. And there's like millions and billions and trillions and however many people in this world. And you could easily just be on the opposite end of the street or the opposite end of the state or the opposite end of the world from the person that like could be a great match for you. And I'm not saying that to like scare you, but I'm just saying that like, you're amazing. Like whether you're with someone or not, like you're amazing. And I know you are because every single person has something amazing about them. And you just haven't found that person who maybe sees those things yet. But I promise you that like the more you lean into loving yourself by going on solo dates and really like filling yourself up with like 
things that you enjoy and things that bring you joy and not relying on other people to make you feel loved or I don't know, make you feel joy. I feel like you'll just learn and like feel valued within yourself and like outside of other people. So go listen to that episode. I gave like 10, 10, 10. Wow. I literally can't talk today. I gave 10 tangible things that will help you learn to love yourself. But the biggest thing I can say, if you're placing your value in how people see you to like feel lovable, really try to like detach yourself from that because the more you detach yourself from that, the less you will see yourself through the eyes of other people. And you'll only see yourself through the eyes of like who you are and yourself, if that makes any sense. So again, go listen to that episode. I talked so much more about it, but I think that learning to love yourself, whether you've been in a relationship or not, they really have nothing to do with one another because whether you're with someone or not with someone that doesn't make you any more or less lovable. And another question that you guys asked, you guys actually asked some really good questions and I'm so glad that you did. Um, I still didn't get like that many questions. So continue to drop questions in the question box because I will literally answer like every single one uh, if I can. But uh, I got, let's see, we got like five questions. So another question you guys asked is, do you think anyone can make a living with Instagram or YouTube with consistency? And the answer is yes. I really do think that anyone can make a living with like as being an influencer if they're consistent. But I think the big difference is I think consistency is super important, like one of the most important things in this career. But I think the one piece that people miss is that you can't just be consistent with the same content. And I think like this is where people get stuck because you make like one type of content and you don't evolve at all. And I think as humans, like when we digest content, whether it's movies, music, that those things evolve. Like over time, think back to... 10 years ago or five years ago, the music was so different than it is now, even a year ago, like two years ago, three years ago. Like remember when like during like lockdown and stuff, like think about the music then, like that was on TikTok. And then now think about the TikTok that you see now. Like I feel like TikTok in 2020 was like dances, lots of like short sounds, you know, lots of, I don't know, it was just like super fun and like musical and lots of things like that. And now I feel like it's more chatty. You do definitely see dances, but I feel like the dances are more intricate. It's less like short sounds and more like longer sounds, or you'll have like longer chats, lots of like people looking at the camera, just like talking to the camera. And a lot of people who are just like regular, regular people on TikTok. Whereas I feel like in 2020, it was like Charlie D'Amelio and like a lot of bigger, like more... I don't know, people who were already influencers at the time that were on there and thinking about that, like, so if those same people who created things in 2020, try to create things in the exact same way now, it wouldn't hit the same because like, just, I don't know, the app itself has evolved. So in the same way, I feel like, yes, you can be incredibly consistent on Instagram and YouTube and make a living from it. But I think to get to the point of making a living on social media, you really have to like continue to evolve. And I'm not saying change who you are like at all, but maybe show different parts of yourself in different ways or edit in different ways, or just like looking at what people are enjoying, try to like 
share in a similar way. Like, you know, maybe if you're making dance videos back in 2020 and you want to make dance videos now, maybe instead of short six second dance videos like they were doing then, you could do longer intricate dances like I feel like people do now. So just I think that that's like the biggest thing. And I think a lot of people miss that. But if you guys want more like, I don't know, answers about like influencing or whatever, literally leave any question in the question box and I will answer it. Um, and again, I got like five questions this time, but like, I would love to have like 10 or 20 and we could just have like a long chat here. Another question you guys asked was, do you often think about some books afterwards about their plot and characters? You said, PS, I love your page. Literally. Yes. Magnolia parks, that entire series. I still think about it and I'm finished with the entire series and I actually want to reread it again. I think about that series often because those characters literally feel so real to me. Like there's just something about it. I don't know. Like that whole, that whole series, I cannot wait for the new book that comes out in February. Again, it is written in such a unique way where it feels like the characters are talking to you. I think that Jessa Hastings, the author, did such an incredible job of sharing the story and making the characters feel very real. So yes, those characters I literally still think about. Like every few days, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing. Oh wait, they're literally not even real. And another question that you guys asked was, how do I jump into dating when I've never had a boyfriend at 20? And this is the, the tip I always give to people who want to date go on solo dates. I know that sounds weird, but like do it, like do things by yourself. And I say this because I do things by myself all the time and I get connected with people so often. Like I can't even explain like how many friends I meet. Like I feel like any time you're wanting to connect with someone new, going on a solo date is a great way to do it. Going to bookstores, going to coffee shops, I don't know, just going out by the water, like doing things like that, I feel like are a great way to connect with new people and also join groups or clubs, like join a gym, join a book club. Like my library has a book club. It's free. Anyone can go. You can go to a gym and there's going to be tons of different people of all ages. Maybe find like the class that has people around your age range. I feel like usually classes are like certain age groups at different times. It just, I don't know, always falls like that at every gym I've been to at least. And just do things like that. Those two things will help you to connect with people. But I don't think that if you're wanting to jump into dating and you've never had a boyfriend, I think the first thing that we think is like, oh, like get on Tinder or get on Hinge. Like that's, we need to go on these specific dates. But truly, if I were single, which I'm very much not, and I'm extremely happy that I'm not, because honestly, I didn't even have to do like the whole dating app thing. And I'm very glad that I didn't. But I do think like I have, I do think that dating apps do work sometimes. Like I have friends who met off of dating apps and really are happy from that. But I do think that dating apps are not created necessarily to like actually match people because if they matched everybody, then they wouldn't have a job. You know what I mean? So I think that they still like want to have the apps continue forever because they, that's how I, like they make money. But of course there's going to be people who like, do connect with real people on there and it actually works because, you know, it's just, that's, that's going to happen. But I do think the best way to meet people is to do things by yourself. Just yesterday I went out by the water and I was just like reading by the water and I was getting ready to like walk around the corner to like go back to my car. And then someone comes over and was like, Oh my God, like this is my secret spot. I'm like, what the heck? Like, I didn't know that anyone even comes here. And they were like, yeah, like, 
you know, this is such a cool little area. Like the sunsets over here. Like, you know, it's such a cool corner. Like, I didn't know that anyone came here. I was like, yeah, literally me either. And they were like, oh, well, you have a great day. Like, enjoy, you know, your book or whatever. I was like, yeah, I was actually getting ready to leave. So like, you can take the space. And I was like, it's all yours. And I just kept thinking like, that would have been a great way to make a friend, you know? And like, I feel like that happens to me with all types of people literally everywhere I go. And it's not even like me saying something like a lot of the time it'll be things like that, or I'll be at a coffee shop and I'll be in line and someone might be, you know, waiting after I like make my order and we might be waiting like right next to each other. And it's kind of like awkward, you know, when you're standing right next to someone. So usually someone will say something, they'll be like, Oh, like, you know, the weather's nice or like, Oh, if it's, if it's a girl, I feel like I get a lot of compliments like, Oh, I like your outfit. Or like, I'll say, I like their outfit. Um, I don't know, things like that. I feel like sometimes we just have to look up and look around at our surroundings and actually like try to communicate with people. Like if you're going grocery shopping, like look at who's around you, you know, like, and maybe if you're ordering in, like, that's fine too. I'm not saying that like every single place you go to, you have to like expect like, this is going to be where I find my boyfriend. But like, just go open to the possibility of potentially meeting someone. But if you don't, go like wanting to have fun, just like fun by yourself. And I think that that is such a great way to like connect with a potential partner. So yeah, those are all the questions you guys asked. So I hope you guys really enjoyed all of those questions and make sure that you drop all the questions on the love you most pod Instagram. I will be leaving up the question box every Monday. I left it up this Monday. So I'll leave it up again next Monday and you guys can drop in as many questions as you want. And I will answer all of them unless like 800 questions come in and it's like literally not possible. But for the most part, I'll be answering all of them. And for our little mini book chat, I don't really have a ton to say about books. And I really liked how you guys left book questions into the little um, like question box. I feel like that's a really easy way for me to talk about the books that I've read just because it's just easier. Like I always am like, hmm, what should I talk about when it comes to books? But I did give you guys some recs last time and I feel like you guys really enjoyed that. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of good thriller recs of books that I've read recently that I think are just like good to read. I recently read The Silent Patient by Alex Michalids and that book is everything that people say that it is. Like so many people say like, it's such a great thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, great you know it's a thriller like you know it's written by a guy like I don't really know if it's the vibe and no that thriller is so good it isn't too scary either I was a little nervous that it would be like too scary but it really wasn't also Frida McFadden has such great writing Frida McFadden wrote The Housemaid which I read and that was the first book I read by the author but then I read Never Lie by that author and now I've written literally purchased her entire backlist. And I found out that Frida McFadden is actually a person who works with people who have had brain trauma. And I don't think she's like a brain surgeon, but she just like works with people who have had like brain aneurysms and like things and they're like recovering from them. And she writes books that she can give to those people. So all the books she writes are like super fast. They hook you really quick. And I'm like, that's literally what I need, literally what I need in a thriller. So Never Lie by Freedom McFadden, I think is one of my favorite thrillers that I read in a while. Um, and I definitely will be reading more from that author because literally the thrillers hook you so fast and you will read it in like literally a day. I'm not even kidding you. And I feel like sometimes thrillers can like be hard to get into if they take too long to get into. 
And her thrillers are not like that at all. You'll find yourself just like gobbling it up right away. It's very, very good. And then another book that I really think is a good thriller that was actually I read this like years ago, but I still think that it's pretty good. It's The Golden Couple by I think it's Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. I think I read it literally like two years ago, but it's still a thriller that like stands out in my mind is like one of my favorites. And it's such a unique story. It is about I guess I didn't really tell you what any of them are about, but you could honestly just like look them up. So um, all of them are very good, very thrilling. I did read The Last Word by Taylor Adams, which that was an interesting thriller. It was about a person who wrote a one star review on a book and the author of the book was like please take the review down like this is disrespectful and the person's like no like i made the review i didn't like the book and so then that person who's like the author goes after the person who wrote the um review and that was like so scary honestly the whole book i was actually super super scared this book just came out this year and it wasn't a scary like um like gory scary it was like scary like jump scare like you know, the page would be like, I don't know if he's going to come around around the corner. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you turn the page and it's like, ah, like he jumped out. Like it was literally like jump scare. So it was scary, but it was good. It just came out. I think it's still in the new release section. So that is all of my thriller book recommendations. And I've answered all of the questions that you guys gave in, which were five. And I also want to say thank you guys so much for leaving your reviews on just the Amazon podcast app and leaving them on Spotify. I literally read them and they make my heart so happy. I'm going to read actually through a few of these because I think it would be fun for you guys just to like hear what people are saying about the podcast. It makes me feel really special that you guys not only read, but <laughs> read, not only listen, but also write reviews. Um, one of you guys said on September 1st, you said she's like an older sister. Love her so much. Um, one of you guys also said, um, I recently followed this pod and I love it so much. So much of the content has helped me improve areas of my life, like my relationship with my boyfriend. Um, another one of you guys said, love it so much. Keep up the good work. Your podcast is something I look forward to during the week. Oh my gosh. These all just make me feel so happy. My last review on Amazon. I literally can't talk today. Amazon, what the heck? On Apple Podcasts was September 1st. So we're at the end of September. I would love if one of you guys would leave another review or just leave your first review. It would just make me feel so good because that is how people will find this podcast literally by reviews. They can't find it any other way. And unless I like share it on Instagram, which I do. And yeah, so leave it there or leave over on Spotify. You can leave a review there. Next week, I will read another review either from Apple or from Spotify. So I hope you guys leave reviews and I'll read them. We can chat about them together and get all excited. So yeah, I hope you guys loved this little episode. It was a little bit longer than normal, but I'm just feeling very chatty right now and I'm just happy to be here and I really enjoyed chatting with you guys. So I love you most more than anyone you know. Well, maybe not, but I love you a lot and I hope you have a great day. <laughs> Bye guys.